every issue is an opportunity for process improvement. You know, every time we hear about something or we run into a COVID situation or somebody that left, okay, well, what does that inform our go forward decisions about? And what did we learn about ourselves or what maybe we could do different or leverage that opportunity? Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. This is your host, Jeff Tun. Over a year ago, we started a series of interviews focused on the CIO's first 30 days. We thought it would be interesting and beneficial to revisit our conversations with those CIOs to see where are they now. When we first met Gary Kern, he was just wrapping up his first 30 days at Middlefield Bank in Middlefield, Ohio. After spending 15 years in his previous CIO role, this was a step into the unknown for him. So welcome back to the show, Gary. I'm glad to be here, Jeff. Now, Gary, the last time we talked, you were leaving our recording to go have pizza in your new house sitting on the floor (laughs) with your wife. Uh, I imagine things have changed a little bit since the last time we talked. At least you have furniture. Uh, The more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, Actually, this week, uh, my wife has somebody in redoing our kitchen cabinets. So we're going to have to get pizza tonight and eat it in the living room somewhere because we don't really have a kitchen right now. Now, that is funny. That is very funny. (laughs) But irony, yes. Uh, But, yeah, no, but, uh, I mean, the last year has been very comfortable and we've been doing great. But, you know, there's always things you want to change and modify. And when funds become available, my wife wants to take advantage of that. (laughs) Well, uh, enjoy your pizza tonight again. Uh, So, so let's dive in. Uh, As I said at the, in the intro, when we did the status go episode, you were in your first 30 days. Uh, In fact, I don't even think you'd really met your team yet face to face. So let's start there and let's talk about, as you sit here today, what things did you foresee uh, and what things have surprised you in the last year, year plus? I mean, I, I certainly think that the learning curve and trying to figure out who knows where the bodies are buried and what, who to go to, you know, that that was kind of the foreseen hurdles. You know, I was mm-hmm. still going to have to those mountains I was still going to have to climb, you know, how do I integrate myself now into the processes in a way that I think would be most beneficial to the bank? Um, You know, we've been able to to get through a lot of those. Some of the unexpected things were, I guess I had become familiar with having already worked through some process improvements or tightening down controls. And this bank was not in a bad way, but probably about 10 years behind where my last mm-hmm. bank was, and that's certainly based on size. My my previous bank had been this size, you know, ten or twelve years ago, and uh, went through all of this stuff. But I had become mm-hmm. comfortable with having real formal budget processes, you know, more formal projects and controls and management. 
And here I, I've actually spent some time over the last year helping to refine those things rather than trying to learn what processes they used. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't really anticipated rewriting the entire IT policy packet or the you know, information security program or formalizing a project management process to some degree. But I have spent a lot of time over the last year doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly in the meantime, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, well, who are my experts? You know, who yeah. are the go-to people? Who are the, the key partners for IT? I've spent a lot of time after I had been at the bank for about 90 days, I visited all the locations, the branches and, and took some notes, you know, just within the last few months, I did the first ever IT satisfaction survey that they've had here to kind of do the Mm -hmm. same thing, just in a different way. And now have had some virtual follow-up meetings with key stakeholders going over what I found and then digging a little bit deeper. And I think that has helped not only integrate me into their culture and processes, but help tighten the relationship between IT and, and some of the business units. So, you know, again, kind of a shotgun answer, but those are yeah. some of the, the expected and the unexpected, unexpected things that I've had to deal with over the last yeah. year. Now, one of the things that you shared with us when we first talked was you were a little vulnerable with us, and you shared about this feeling of the, the loss of your reputation in that you had been with your previous bank for 15 years. You were the go-to guy. You were respected. They knew Gary. They knew what you were thinking. And now you're in this brand new location, brand new job. How long has it taken? Well, let's first of all, I assume you feel like you're Mm -hmm. kind of back there now after a, a little over a year. But talk to us a little bit about that process and how you're feeling about it today. Uh, I mean, in some cases, you know, it, it it is kind of uncomfortable or at least trying to build the familiarity with my skill set or my background. Uh, I, I do think some of those in-person meetings and, you know, uh, my trying to get a deeper understanding of what people are looking out of my role in IT has helped. I also mm-hmm. think it was an opportunity to reinvent myself, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, on the downside at my previous location, th- there was a lot of people that knew me when I was greener in the role there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and after 10 years that, you know, you still kind of carry some of that baggage and, oh, you know, mm-hmm. Gary does this or Gary. Well, Gary may have stopped doing that eight years ago, but they still remember it. Right. At right. this new role, I've been through, you know, EQ training, emotional intelligence. I've learned what works, what doesn't. I've tried to be, you know, intentional about how I do things with the new Gary and not fall into the traps that, you know, maybe the the old Gary 15 years ago fell into and then had to keep living, (laughs) living uh, for my duration at my previous employer. So it's been a mixed bag. and, And I think the bank here has been very accepting of my input. You know, I certainly try to speak up when I need to and not be just the shrinking, uh, shrinking violet on the, you know, mm-hmm. in the background. I try to be involved in the discussions and, and understand what the bank's trying to do from a big picture perspective. And I think that has been, you know, welcomed and, and appreciated here. So I think that has helped as well. 
Yeah, I, I know what you mean about the kind of the the hangover from previous roles or or as you grow in your career. I can remember having lunch with a local business owner and it had probably been gosh, 10 years since we had worked together way back, you know, we were coding COBOL at the time if mm-hmm. that tells you how long ago it was. But uh, as we were meeting over over lunch several years later, he was kind of looking at me with this odd look on his face. I, it finally dawned on me. He was seeing me as that long-haired hippie right. COBOL programmer and not as a CIO. And it, it just wasn't matching up in his mind. So I, I get that. I mean, I, I like to think I'm a better CIO now than I was 15 years ago. And and I certainly had a, a chance to kind of recast that model yeah, yeah. out here. So I think that's a, a great way to look at it. The other thing you, that you talked about at last time, Gary, was your notebook. And what you were doing at the time, just to refresh your memory, is you were just taking notes of things that you might want to address, mm-hmm. but you were waiting to validate some of the assumptions. And I just thought that was, first of all, a fantastic approach to take notes so that you can later revisit them. Anything from that notebook jump out at you as, wow, this was spot on and we had to go in and attack that right away? I, I mean, there were a few, you know, I, after I had been here a little over 90 days, you know, one of the things I had noted was I felt like there needed to be you know, a succession plan or, or lieutenants. It was basically everybody in IT reported to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I put in a structure where two of the guys that I felt were strong and, and had that capability into kind of the sub-lieutenant role, you know, one in charge of applications and desktop support and the other in charge of infrastructure and cybersecurity. And that has, that has gone very well, I think. You know, mm-hmm. I think they have number one, really embrace the opportunity to grow in a different way within their positions. But I also think it gives more detail and focus to the other people on their teams as far as having them feel connected. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, from a, a, you know, kind of an administrative perspective, I think that's something that went well. There were a lot of projects and other things that um, we're on that list that have now evolved into, say, this more formalized project management process. Mm-hmm. You know, we were getting questions from the board and they had no idea what projects were going on. We now have a complete project dashboard. We still don't have any project managers or a dedicated project management office, but we have kind of a project management governance group and we have a, a more clear process to communicate transparency into what projects are going, you know, uh, where are they in the cycle? What hurdles they have? So at least give a one pager to the board and say, this time last year, you didn't know what we were working on. Well, this time this year, here's 30 different efforts that are ongoing that are taking staff time and trying to move the bank forward. Mm-hmm. So some of those those list things have evolved into process changes here to kind of continue to live with that, you know, okay, well, a lot of the efforts I was just kind of keeping on my own are now in a pipeline project listing or an active project listing, or, you know, we have a governance council now around things like electronic document retention or data governance or our SharePoint or project processes that now have more people than just me making notes on it. So I've tried to, I guess, proceduralize some of my, Mm -hmm. my notes so that I, 
I don't have to just say, hey, these are Gary's notes and I'm going to work at them. You know, I'm trying to work out ways to embed them so that if I leave, you know, somebody else doesn't have to do all the same, same yeah, stuff. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you still keep a notebook? Do you still keep track of things in that way for your own personal use? Uh, most of the time I use my calendaring system, you know, mm-hmm. about every morning as I come up with things, the first thing the next morning, I usually have notes on, okay, well, hey, pursue this further or don't forget to yeah. look into this or, you know, so I'm, I'm keeping more real-time notes instead of the, the more static things. But yeah. some of those other things uh, are in our, our annual IT strategy document, for example. We'll have, okay, well, here's our high-level objectives. And then, okay, well, we need to remember that here's some of the tactics we're planning to accomplish that this year. You know, I'm sharing that with my, my lieutenants, and we kind of talk about those occasionally with the weekly you know, IT management team meetings that we've now set up to continue to address that stuff. So again, yeah. pulling them into my process to help me remember and help me move things forward. That's excellent to uh, teach your staff those things that are important to keep track of and ways to stay on top of it. Now, I can't believe that here we are in, we're recording this for our audience, we're recording this in December of 2021, and I I can't believe we're still talking about COVID-19. You know, if someone had told us that in our first episode, Gary, I think we would have run run screaming from the business world. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about the impact that this has had on your team. When we first talked, you hadn't even really met your team, but Talk about that process and where you are today with your team. Okay. Well, I mean, certainly the first few months in in mid-2020, you know, I I think I mentioned in our our previous conversation, I was coming into the office and I was the only one here. Yeah. Um, You know, everybody had the ability to work from home and actually most were asked to work from home, including the IT staff. So eventually I I asked, you know, some of the IT, uh, well, the IT team, to come in at least one day a week, kind of rotate that, you know, make sure that there was somebody else here every day of the week. So, you know, number one, because there's always something you can do to manage the blinky lights, whether it's powering mm-hmm. on and off something that you can't do from home or just, you know, better assessing what a problem is. And two, it helped me learn who they were and what they were interested in. So I had some one-on-one meetings with these people while they, when they came into the office. Um, on the other hand, I got more comfortable with working from home too. So after mm-hmm. about three months, it's like, well, why am I coming into the office every day? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you're by yourself. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's like, well, I guess I can work from home too. So, you know, I kind of yin and yanged on that. I asked them to come in the office more and then I stayed at home more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Early in the year, as the initial wave of COVID kind of waned, the back office people at the at the bank were told that they could come back in the office. And we started out with, you know, well, we're not going to be back in the office every day. So I asked to ramp up the one day a week to three days, which has now kind of fallen back to two days, a kind mm-hmm. of a, a hybrid environment. I want to make sure that there's somebody from the key support areas here in the office every day. And I want to, you know, but I want to make sure that they're rotating it and it, they're comfortable with their schedule. And if, hey, if they have to go to a doctor's appointment that's close to home, we'll use that as your work from home day. Let's be flexible with it, but let's make sure that we're covering what the bank needs and mm-hmm. that you and your counterparts know who's covering what, where. 
And so that has worked out pretty well. Also, you know, once a month, you know, I ask everybody to come into the office. We have a team meeting all together. We share, you know, where, where we're going with certain projects or what questions or issues we have. This month, we're going to have a carry in, of course, mm-hmm. um, because that's the only time everybody's going to be together for the month. Uh, so it does work well. You know, I think we're, we're trying to have the best of both worlds. But yet, you know, as the COVID moves through all the variants, I think it's like a hurricane when you're running out yeah. of names. <laughs> We've already had Hurricane Zelda. Now yeah. where do we go? Yeah, um, exactly. So, I mean, we're, we're trying to figure out, is this a permanent thing? Mm-hmm. Probably. You know, we're trying to resolve other problems with this. We've had support issues at more remote offices. So I think we're experimenting with maybe rolling out iPads to remote offices so that they can actually show us a technology problem. Uh, You know, they could do FaceTime. Hey, I'm getting this beeping from a device in the back room. What do I do? Well, can you show us what device is and what lights are amber and what's green yep. and what's, you know, are they all the connections, you know, show me the back of the computer or um, yep. so to help us work remote to those people as well. So we're kind of trying to learn what remote work has benefits for us and how right. do we leverage that to be better at what our regular job is. We're trying to to work our way into this better hybrid environment, I think. And COVID's kind of pushed us or shoved us that direction. So. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things in your answer there that I that I want to dig into. The first one was you set the parameters and say, this is what the bank needs. And then you let your team figure mm-hmm. out how to implement that. Would you say that's your traditional go-to management leadership style, Gary? I would say I want my team to understand what the the linkage to the biz, the banking strategy or the business strategy is and how they impact that. You know, if they're out today, that doesn't mean work goes away. That means somebody else has to do it. You know, mm-hmm. treat them like adults. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, I'm not going to watch what you do here. I'm going to tell you what we need done. And Hey, if you have a creative way to do that beyond what I know, let's talk about it. You know, I'm yeah. I'm all for you know rolling out iPads to to branch offices or monitoring our network a different way or you know, however we resolve help desk tickets. You know, let's if we can make it better for all involved. But here's what we you know here's what yeah. we're trying to do. Here's what our customers expect and knowing that we're IT people and probably not the best customer service people, we need to keep that up front. People don't call us when they're having a good day. We need to know that they're trying to solve a business problem and they may be giving us an answer that's probably not the right answer, but how do we help them understand there's a different way to solve that problem than maybe what they're suggesting to us without being offensive? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I'm trying to give them that autonomy and just say, Let's get 1% better each day. Let's have empathy for who we're working with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have a different way to, to skin the cat, let's let's try it out. Now, are you trying to tell me that no one has ever called you and said, thank you for delivering our email today? <laughs> um, not often. <laughs> uh, the other piece in your answer that I found interesting, and I hate to use the cliche making lemon, lemonade out of lemons, but it sounds like you took a bad situation, 
of the pandemic and the forced work from home, and you've you've tried to look at it as a way to improve process and improve service mm-hmm. and employee satisfaction. Are there other examples of that? You mentioned the iPads. What other things have you guys done? A little bit of a case study on that is we actually had a, a very uh, good member of our, our application support team that got another offer somewhere else and left us during the pandemic because he thought that gave him more opportunities to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to him beforehand saying, well, is there anything we could do to keep you? And it was kind of like, nah, not really. This sounds like too good. A gr- okay. Well, best mm-hmm. of luck to you. You know, we were looking to maybe hire somebody in one of those regions that we weren't servicing as well. Maybe again, try to make the you know, lemonade out of lemons. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we lost somebody at the home office area. Maybe if we replace them down in the Columbus region, mm-hmm. you know, we could make that work as long as they're the right skill sets, et cetera. However, in the meantime, after uh, this gentleman worked a couple of weeks at his new employer, he said, you know, I really like the flexibility and the, the teamwork and the culture where we were. I know I told you I wasn't interested in staying, but would you take me back? <laughs> you know, and, and that was kind of, that was nice to hear. I mean, yeah, that certainly yeah. was an ego stroke uh, as far as for myself and, and some of my other folks, but we have taken him back with open arms yeah. and said, yeah. and let's, let's talk more about how we can enhance your role or at least be more proactive in trying to get you introduced to things you want to work on. You know, we're a small team, but that also means we can be flexible and, you know, we need backups for everybody. So what are you interested in being backup for that maybe you weren't already? Yeah. You know, we're using these opportunities to say, well, how can we cross train between those two IT divisions? If somebody on the help desk app support side wants to know more about networking, we could do that. We just need to figure out how. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so let's start talking about it. One of my mantras for my team is every issue is an opportunity for process improvement. Mm -hmm. You know, every time we hear about something or we run into a COVID situation or somebody that left or, okay, well, what does that inform our go forward decisions about? And what did we learn about ourselves or what maybe we could do different or leverage that opportunity for going forward? Now, when we were prepping for our conversation today, Gary, we talked about your specific bank, Middlefield Bank, and some of the the niche areas that you're involved in and considering getting involved in. So could you talk us through uh, some of those? Because I I think it will change the perspective that some people have of banking. (laughs) Well, Our home office location, and we may have talked about this in the first discussion, is located in the center of one of the largest Amish settlements in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of where the banking in Middlefield, Ohio, grew up from, is banking with the Amish. And there's still probably 20% of our account holder base. And if you know anything about the Amish, it's that they really don't own technology or aren't interested in moving things into the digital native arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have always put a a premium on in-person interactions, at least in our our branches up here. Uh, Another area within mergers and acquisitions over the last decade, we've been expanding to the more urban Columbus, Ohio uh, market. We've been trying Mm -hmm. to get more activity in the the Cleveland and Akron area, and that's very different. 
you know, in order to introduce ourselves, we have to be very digital first and um, yeah. be kind of that, you know, competitor to Chase or KeyBank or Fifth Third or whoever you, you know, you, you think of. So those are very different constituencies that we're trying to balance. We were one yeah. of the few banks in the state that really never closed one of our branch office lobbies. And a lot of that was because our Amish clientele were expecting us to be open. And if we weren't, they couldn't bank. And right. so we, you know, we dealt with the masks and the, the plexiglass and all of that. And uh, a side note to that is in many cases, we were the first avenue for the Amish community to learn about mask mandates and six foot separations. And, you know, so we <laughs> had to kind of tiptoe through that minefield and say, well, we're not making you wear a mask. The state is recommending this and we're trying to implement what the state is telling us we need to do. And, you know, there yeah. were some emotional things that, you know, we certainly had to work through. But I think our Amish community was very appreciative that we were there helping them work through it rather than yeah. just being a blind enforcer. Well, you went well beyond banking, right? Oh, you yeah. were helping them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we were helping them with just daily life. And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, they were experiencing the same thing when they were walking into Walmart, or only they maybe were getting less interaction. Right. <laughs> right. That. Less explanation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other niches that we are looking at that are completely different from Amish, we have been very successful in the cannabis-based uh, business banking. Very few banks are mm -hmm. jumping into that because it's a very complicated regulatory environment. You know, it's not really approved federally, but statewide it is. And are you enabling, you know, somebody to do something that you should? So we have, pre my arrival here, uh, Middlefield had looked into that and, and felt we had discovered a way to at least offer deposit services and some, some basic banking. I don't know that we're even in the lending yet, but that's always under discussion. Uh, but mm -hmm. money handling services for those businesses. And it has proven to be a, a very lucrative uh, market for us. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, if you balance that with us also dealing with the Amish, it seems like they're very different areas. <laughs> Part of that has also evolved. You know, one of the things that I tried to to bring up in some of our strategic planning is, well, maybe we could leverage the fact that we're good at a niche on a specialty kind of weirdly regulated industry like cannabis and extend it to cryptocurrency. You know, we yeah, have a lot of yeah. customers that are asking us about it, and we don't today have good answers other than and we don't really deal in that. But there are ways that community banks are figuring out how to deal with it or how to advise people or how to maybe help them with their crypto assets without really buying and selling the crypto assets. So we right. are we continue to look into possibilities there to maybe leverage yet another niche for, for Middlefield to, to provide a service that's more uh, personal, focused. The big banks, you know, they don't need these specialty, highly regulated, maybe more expensive to, to handle businesses. Uh, but we feel like, well, we can create new relationships and we can mm -hmm. hold hands and, and help people as a community bank, maybe better than some of the bigger banks. So we are always looking for those type of opportunities. And it's one of those things that I appreciate the strategic team has even listened to me when I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I don't know the banking as well as they do, but I certainly see more information on crypto than some of them have because they're seeing right. the, the basic 
American Banker Association stuff. And so yeah. I have thrown that idea in the ring and it's actually being you know bandied about. And we're still kind of considering that that may be something we're, we may dabble in this year. That's interesting. So where does this vision, this uh, multiple visions, I suppose, come from uh, in the organization? Because it, uh, I would say, I don't know a lot about banking. I, I did spend a number of years in the banking industry, but it was many, many, many years ago. <laughs> Where is this openness to try these maybe not so proven areas? Uh, is it across the leadership team? Is it a specific individual? Where's it coming from, Gary? I mean, we we do have a a fairly broad range of gener- generations in the leadership team. You know, again, there's some seasoning that's required. So, but we have from from the mid early forties to the mid late sixties on our leadership Mm -hmm. team. And I think everybody is expected and welcome to provide an opinion, a new, new perspective. Um, Three or four of us are new within the last four years. So it's that Mm -hmm. infusion of, okay, well, we've come from other institutions or seen other things. Uh, whereas a lot of community banks have, you know, most of the leadership team is mid fifties or older, have been there for 20 years and it's, you know, we've always done it that way. So I think the fact that there has been some positive turnover with energetic people, and I, I don't know that I'm including me in my early sixties as an energetic person, but I have a different viewpoint. Oh, sure you are. <laughs> I have a different viewpoint, but, you know, I've had different experiences. And yeah, so I think yeah. that's that's welcomed and feedback from all of those people. We don't have a, a didactic CEO that says, well, it's my way or the highway. Everybody's willing to listen. And, well, let's 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 poke that bear a little bit and see right. what happens. Yeah. And if we don't go any further, we don't go any further. But, you know, at least let's learn more about it. I don't know that there's any one specific reason why. We, you know, we're dabbling or looking into these things, um, but I think it's just the fact that, you know, I think the people here are aware that they don't have all the answers, and well, let's let's yeah. look around. Well, and it sounds like you have a very supportive board as well, mm-hmm. right? That they're open to hearing these ideas. I assume you have to bring them a lot of data yeah. to get the decision, but uh, I think that's a great mm-hmm. uh, testament to your board. Well, and I guess. One positive to me here that I, I didn't have at my, my bigger uh, Indiana bank, I'm at all the board meetings, or at least the, the once a month meetings. Mm-hmm. I think there may have been one board meeting I can think of I went to in the last five years I was at my last bank, and that was to present a special you know, cybersecurity report or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, while I'm not a member of the board, I participate in the board meetings and I have the ability to present, you know, I have a, you know, I'm usually item number four on the agenda is the cybersecurity <laughs> IT update. And yep. I get a chance yep. to talk directly to them rather than filtering my report through a COO or a CEO or whoever to get yep. to the board. And so I think that helps. I feel like I know our board members here better in a year than I knew some of them at my last bank in the last five. So, yeah, yeah. so I think that that is helpful and it, it's a, it's a positive aspect of where I've, I've landed here. Yeah. Well, Gary, we are out of time. And every time I talk to you, our conversation just flies and, <laughs> and, and the time just seems to evaporate. I appreciate you so much 
taking the time to update our audiences where you are, where you've been in the last year, year and a half. So thank you very much, Gary. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's always a pleasure. Now, before I let you go, I can't let you off the hook. We got to do our call to action. So I'm going to remind you of the call to action that you gave everybody uh, the last time. You said, basically, take the time to understand the meta environment that you are entering into. Look for where you can add value in that situation and in the new norm. So paraphrasing just a little bit, because I can't write as fast as you were talking. Uh, (laughs) But what is your call to action for our listeners now? What should they do differently tomorrow because they listen to you and I today? I mean, a couple of the sayings that I have for my team is try to get 1% better every day. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what can, what did I learn today that I can leverage to be, you know, I don't have to be a sea change different tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but let me listen and try to comprehend the messages I was given today to make an adjustment for tomorrow so that I get better. And mm-hmm. certainly in IT, a lot of times the messages we get, we don't like the messenger or how it was delivered or, or what that is. And that sometimes obfuscates what they're actually saying. It's usually yeah. there's something in there and it, had they said it differently or somebody else said it, we may have taken it differently, but there's usually something in a message we received today that we can take and make just a little tweak tomorrow and maybe get just that little bit better. And if we do that 1% every day, you know, eventually I think we're going to be somewhere where we're really proud of. That's excellent. I, I love that because that's really what we're here for on Status Go is helping our listeners get better each and every day. So to our listeners, that's fantastic advice to try to get 1% better every day. Gary, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. To our listeners, if you want to learn more or if you have any questions, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. For Gary Kern, this is Jeff Tun. Thank you so very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.